Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Mom's asleep. I have to put a stop to that. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood cannot be shirtless in the picture we're taking for the Christmas card. <laughs> With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Stop trying to murder your sister. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. If you want to murder each other, go outside. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week we're talking house rules. Amy, I think <laughs> on this one, we can skip is this. Do we have to do this? Yes, we do have you, to do you've this. You've got to have some rules in the house from what I can tell. And, and, and these house rules, as submitted by you, our listeners, are very good. And I have some new ones. Everybody was sort of like, oh, I'm using that one. Oh, I'm using that one. We're helping each other here, people. I'm not going to spoil it. But there was one that I was like, I've never heard that before. And six people said it. I think it might be a Southern thing. And I was like, that's definitely going in my, in my repertoire. Yes. These need to be easy, basic. Um, we, we wrote these on our kitchen wall at one point and my kids got to make up the house rules and no drilling your sister. I think we had like a toy drill. Like, <laughs> that's a good one. You probably wouldn't have thought of that one. Yeah. So make sure to add that. That's in that category. People on Facebook are always doing those lists, like things you never thought you would have to say. Right. And um, this is definitely in that category. Like, no drilling your sister. Specifically exclude that. Things you never thought mm-hmm. you would have to say. No drilling your sister. All right. Well, let's start with like the number one thing that we have to have rules and regulations around and that drives us all crazy. Screens. Oh, screens. Yeah. This is one of those ones where like, and I will say the thing about rules is always Amy's back to one, right? Yeah. Like, we know all of these rules. None of these rules are like, I mean, there's one or two that I was like, huh, I'd never really thought of it that way. But like, we have rules. The problem is, and our goal for today is like, should we be resetting our house rules and getting back to one? Which means like, we're, we're resetting and we know we're supposed to do this, but here we go again. Danielle says no electronics in the morning. It's a good one. And I just was like this week, like, I didn't know what my teenager was doing in the bathroom for 15 minutes when he went to brush his teeth. I didn't know what he was doing. He's on his phone. Yeah, it screens. I don't know why it was like, duh, he's he's lost in YouTube. So I, 
So, yeah, my new rule, which is back to one every morning, is like, give me your phone. You may not have your phone until you leave for school, ready for school on time. Well, we instituted this rule pretty much at the end of preschool, and we've talked about this before. My kids are now 10, 9, and 7, and this rule is still easy. You said it's a lot harder. Like, it's harder to keep this rule going when the teens kind of like always have their phone in their hand. Right, right. I mean, we're not, they're not getting up in time to, I mean, we used to have the rule of like, you have to be ready. Let's move on to my sister's rule, close before shows. She's got four little boys and close before shows. No, TV doesn't go on until we're ready. That's pretty simple. So she allows electronics in the morning, but you've got to be fully dressed. Yeah, because, of course, her kids are getting up at the crack of dawn. I'm going to say this is a, a, a side category that I strongly endorse, which is rhyming. Like, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Close before shows. Yeah, Johnny Cochran. Again, I believe, and I'm shocked to have to say this, I believe that is an oldie lux alert. Back in my day. Oh, yeah. That was like 25 it years was. ago. <laughs> but uh, famous OJ trial, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. And like Johnny Cochran, mm-hmm. his lawyer was onto something there. Like close yeah. before shows. It's simple yep. and it's easy and you get to say it again and again and again. I have a good rhyming one while we're on the subject of rhyming. No feet where we eat. That's, that's our house rule. That's a good one. And again, surprised how often I have to say that. Yep. <laughs> it's my boys. Like at, suddenly at the dinner table, like a foot and we have like a we sit at a countertop, you know, with the high chairs in the kitchen. Basically, we have like a it's like a diner, you know, I cook and then I sh- feed them at the diner counter. And like it is almost physically impossible to get your foot up on the table when you're sitting at like a high perched at a right, counter. Like yeah. Why would that be comfortable? It's not. Why would that even be something that I well, you would I want to do? But then like at least a couple times a year, like a foot suddenly appears. And I'm like, what what are you doing? Why are there feet? On the dining room table near food. Like, why don't you have some sort of base level instinct that no feet where we eat is it it just should be inherent. It should be inherent. And I'm going to say that if you make it catchy, it's more likely to be peer reinforced by siblings. I mean, my kids all the time, if one of the one of the kids puts their feet up on the table, they're all over no feet where we eat like they're they love saying it. It's catchy. So you make it catchy. That's great. Well, this is something I think is true in general about rules. I was somewhere the other day and someone was like, wow, like we were at a meeting and I had to bring my kids. It was like an adult meeting. And one of my kids got up and I just kind of like put a finger up and my kid went and sat down and they were like, holy cow, like your kid just like totally obeyed that finger. And I think the key to that is like knowing the rules and establishing the rules makes it a lot easier to keep order because then it's like, You're not starting the conversation of like, feet are disgusting. Food goes in your mouth. Let's not have them. It's like no feet where we eat. You know what I mean? And before that meeting, I was like, I, things have fallen apart and I need to bring you to my adult meeting and I need you to sit still and read your book quietly. And if you do that for 45 minutes, I will get you ice cream because I know that this is an annoying thing to ask, but this is the way things happen to have worked out. So the minute my daughter started walking around and I put my finger up, she was like, oh, that's right. This is the thing where I have to sit quietly and read the book. Like having a strong sense of rules that you go over and reinforce makes your life easier. You kept the margins tight still. Like you didn't go into a long conversation, sounds like, about why the meeting was important and why it's important that kids not talk during. Like it's, this is this is what I need. Ice cream on the other side. And, and that's right. she's like, I get it. 
Right. And that's closed before shows no feet where we eat. Like, you guys know this. Let's just do it. Now, my sister, Molly, also has had to expand. Don't be afraid of the corollary to the house rule or the subclause. Um, okay. She's had to amend closed before shows. The First Amendment of closed before shows is you're not dressed until your shoes are on. Oh, that's always a good one, because I will say my son this morning really cracked me up because he went, well, it's the old question. Where are my shoes? (laughs) Like he even gets the fact that like he is the problem child. And it was so cute and funny the way he said it. But we have said a million times, like my husband, I just are always joking like, well, here we are again. Where are the shoes? And he totally like played into it. And it really made me laugh this morning. I was like, yep, you're not wrong. You might want to try like a stage manager table, a back stage. This is a stage manager trick if you're backstage at a play, which is always sort of more like haphazard and dusty than you think it's going to be. It's not glamorous, but there's always like a long card table or something. And the stage manager will use masking tape and just tape out. And there is a space on the table and they scrawl a masking tape like keys, uh, the playing cards for scene three, whatever. There's There's a specific square for each thing. And so the stage manager can tell at a glance if a prop is missing because there's a mm. square with the with the written on the masking tape. So I think you need to have like squares that say like his left shoe, his right shoe. It would be really unsightly and uh <laughs> and effective. I think what you're saying really and and what you're inspiring me is I need to hire a stage yes. manager. Because I don't want to do that part where I make yeah. the table. I just want someone else to be in charge of. You know, we issues. are the stage managers of our family. Yes, am I that's Am I saying problem. am I saying something people don't like I don't know if people know what a stage manager is. Like a stage manager, like you make the trains run on time. The person in charge of the show. Yeah, yeah. Like you are in charge of all the actors appearing on stage when they're supposed to and the, you know, the lightning bolt sound effect happening when it's supposed to. You're in charge of everything. And they have systems. And uh, you got to obey the systems. I'm just thinking we might have invented a new industry for out-of-work stage managers, home organization and management. Oh, my gosh. There could be... Let's sell that reality show, like stage manager, super nanny kind of thing, right? Yeah, a crossover. I love Comes it. In. We have a couple more screen rules. Jillian says, when mommy brushes your hair, you get to watch my phone. <laughs> Which, believe me, I have a kid who has very challenging hair. Like, it's like fine, curly, knotty. Like, it, it knots up every two seconds. And it's just a constant battle. And it's always so knotty. And it's very painful to brush. And my rule is basically like we're going to put that in a ponytail every third day until you shower and put conditioner in it. But phones while you brush hair, possible. I think that's allowed. I think it's allowed. It sounds like we give our dog um, a little bit of peanut butter while we're brushing her. You know, so so she gets she doesn't watch YouTube, but she does get peanut butter. The dog child (laughs) uh, crossover once again serves us very well. Ashley says no YouTube unless it's on the TV. This is a good one. I mean, YouTube, it's a netherworld. But this is the don't get, like you just said, you don't get like feet on like a high top counter. Like, why is that something you even want to do? Like once we get to like beaming the YouTube video to the TV, it's like, why don't you just watch the TV? It has 700 channels on it. Why why are they? No. Why are they so invested in YouTube? But they are. YouTube is just like a hypnotic master that calls to them but this basic rule and i think it's um a good kind of idea jessica says no electronics for kids in their rooms i mean we are trying and it gets more and more complicated with handheld stuff this was always like a rule in my sister's house when she was raising kids you know now 20 years ago which was like 
the only screen is in a central area of the house. So like if you're interacting with a screen, people are walking by you, which I think is a good idea, but it, it gets more and more complicated. But you've really got to be careful with screens in private areas because, you know, you don't know what these kids are watching. It's tough. And yet and yet your kids, once they get to a certain age, are supposed to be um, one using laptops for homework and two uh, using Google Docs for homework. Right. So they're supposed to be. You're supposed to be in a quiet place with the screen that's attached to the internet. So it's, it's sort of hard, but we do. So my rule around this is phone sleep in the kitchen. Yeah. And again, like going for the catchy and then you don't have to talk about it. Like I knock on my teenager's door at 11 and, and say, good night, phone sleep in the kitchen. And they're like, oh, and they hand me the phone. You could maybe have a whole side business and catchy rule catchphrases. You've got a lot <laughs> yes, going on right. in this category. Send me, send, and I'm very like yeah. mad men about this. Like I got a slogan. You're like, I got a slogan. I got a gimmick. And, and they don't really care. I mean, yeah, they're, they're too old for cutesy talk, but it's like, it keeps it. Simple. Again, it's your go. It's a touchstone. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, Sherry, Leilani, Erica, no phones at the table. Gretchen said this as well. I'm a, I'm a big fan of no phones at the table. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I understand both sides of it. We, my husband and I had a thing last night and we were like, oh, let's go grab dinner afterwards. We were able to get a sitter. We ran out to dinner and I was struck looking around the restaurant that like 90% of the people at the restaurant were on their phones. But then my husband and I were doing a little like catch up calendar business and we both had our phones out and I was kind of like, don't judge me for being on my phone. We're doing real business, you know, but yeah, I think if you want to go out to dinner and and have a conversation and your kid does fine on an iPad, like I'm not there to give you a hard time about it. I do think in general, keeping a no phones at the table rule is really important because as we've said on a thousand different topics, a lot of stuff comes up at the dinner table. And if people are staring at their phones, you kind of miss a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we have a no phones at the table. And, it, and again, it's something that it creeps in because it is a wonderful tool. Like, um, like how hot is it? In Kenya in the summertime. Oh, let me look like, that up. You don't have to wonder. Right. But then once the one person gets up and so I will sometimes allow for the, the checking of the thing, but you guys know what it's like. Like once that, once that, um, wondrous computer in your hand is open, there's right. It's a world of opportunity. And I, and I think in general, one of the ways that we control screen time at our house is time and place. And so having a lot of screen free places, like, if we're going to go to the pool in the summer, you don't bring your phone. And my kids are already like, can we just bring our phones to the lake and the this? And it's like, we have screen-free places because otherwise your entire conversation all summer is like, can you or can't you be on your phone? And so I really like the idea of screen-free spaces because it stops the debate. Let's talk about a little bit about the um, what you do talk about at the dinner table because you have a very hard and fast rule around that. Yeah, so we, our rule at the dinner table is you can talk about anything at the dinner table except for the food, which is important. My sister-in-law, Christy, taught me this one. It just means like you come to the table, what is on your plate is what is on your plate. We use the old, it's um, Child of Mine is the book that this rule comes from. Parents decide what to serve, child decides what to eat. And and we haven't been great about that rule because I'm still like, you have to take a bite of everything on your plate because otherwise I have a kid who would eat nothing but dinner rolls. And like, I don't want that to be his nutritional profile. And we do do still best and worst part of the day. Everyone goes around mm. and says their best and worst part of the day. Again, my kids are littler and we've actually, I've noticed we've stopped doing it as much because now the conversation flows a little bit more. 
But I try to keep the dinnertime conversation. Right now, the dinnertime conversation would be like, oh, my God, do you remember that part of the Avengers where the guy said this? Oh, and then he said this. <laughs> and, like, we could just do the whole Avengers movie. And I so remember my mom being like, I don't want to talk about celebrities at the dinner table because my sisters and I would be like, oh, my God, Julia Roberts is with Kiefer Sutherland. and <laughs> Some oldie Lux alerts in there. Back in my day. <laughs> but, you know. And I remember driving my mom crazy, and now I'm starting to wage those same wars, which is like, I don't want my dinner table to just be a recitation of everything that happened in the movie The Avengers, but the only real rule is you're not allowed to talk about the food. I don't like this. I don't. We don't talk about food. Lauren has a sort of similar version. She says you can't complain about what's cooked for dinner at the table. But I like, but I like your sort of like, don't, don't, don't talk about it at all. Right. Like, we just don't comment on the food because, and, and mostly that's to stop complaining. And then right. while we're on food, I will touch on quickly because Kim and Gretchen are totally on my team. No food upstairs. Mm. That was a house rule for us growing up. And I was always the uh, shirker of this rule. I was like a food sneaker. Uh, but I find that like no food out of the kitchen solves a lot of problems. I don't have this rule and yet I don't really think well, we have like pretzels and stuff like bag of chips upstairs. Also a problem, huh? I know food upstairs for us just because yeah. then I mean, I, I'll have like a week. I My bedroom's downstairs. And so I don't go upstairs that yeah, much. Sometimes, yeah, oh, I see. And it's yeah, like, yeah. Suddenly I find the, the big thing that the kids do is like the um, like they'll take a lollipop and half eat it and like leave it somewhere. And then the only way you find it is like the giant trail of ants that leads <laughs> to the half eaten lollipop. And so. We try to do no food out of the kitchen. And like if the food, if you're eating, in, the, if anyone's eating in the living room, it's kind of an exception because it's just, especially with little kids, like half eaten food around is disgusting. You know, before we go to break, I want to say, I think that this is an important thing. Like that's a rule that works for you. You were saying before, like, don't your house rules are not for you to use to sort of judge other parents. Like, like, yeah, I feel strongly about no screens in restaurants, but you don't know what the reasons are that this family for this child has this screen in this situation. So it's kind of useless to like take what you like and leave the rest. And, you know, I, I get it. Like, yeah, like food upstairs works for me, does not work for you. Makes sense. I absolutely agree. All right, we'll be right back. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro <laughs> aunt at this yes. point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360 degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, 
when you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need. And yes, Even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies. And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H, HayaHealth.com slash fresh to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Just picking up on what you were saying before the break, I think that this is a thing that happens a lot, which is like other people's houses have different house rules. And sometimes it feels like we have kept Fortnite at bay at our house. I don't let the kids play Fortnite, which is only because I just was like, "Eh, I'm going to pass on that. It, It looks annoying to me. And like, we just, and my kids were also littler when other people introduced it. And I was right. like, no, we're not doing Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And so now my kids go to other people's houses and I've had the experience where like their kids are playing Fortnite and my kids like, we're not allowed to play that because my mom thinks it's inappropriate. And then the other mom is sort of like, uh, okay, well now you think I'm a jerk for letting yeah. my kids play Fortnite. House rules are not really... Other people having different house rules is great. It's a great thing for your kids to navigate. And like, I remember going to a friend of mine's house. We didn't have soda in my house growing up. And I mean, we had it, but like, whatever. We didn't have, I remember going to a friend's house and they had like a closet full of soda. Like it was like a fridge full of soda. And I was like, this place is heaven on earth. Like this is my dream place. Like a fridge full of soda and you're allowed to take a soda, whatever you want. But like that's house rules, you know? And like, it's not like my house was like, we look down on the soda house. It was just like, we have different house rules. And that's a very good thing for your kids to get a chance to navigate. And you have to take your kind of ego out of it and be like, oh, their house rules are somehow a judgment about how I run my house. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't care at all that like other people play Fortnite at their house. I just have decided while I've kept it out for now, like I'm going to stick with it. Can we talk about pets? Sure. I mean, if we must. It's, here's here's my ruler on my pets. My rule is don't get a pet. That's my house rule. <laughs> Although you do have a cat. Yeah. I mean, but I that's... have a half of a cat. I have a cat that spends like 80% of its time outdoors. I was going to say, like, a cat is not really even having a pet. No. Say I, the non-cat owner. But it seems like they're just kind of, oh, they're here somewhere. I saw her last week. They're a little that's bit. That's how my cat is. Um, my pet rule is you wanted her, you walk her. Yeah, but how does that work? That's the thing. My kids are like, they want a dog so badly. And I'm like, I know how that rule works out. They're not going right. to walk her. No, do they, they do it? Oh, well, they, they, well, it's really fun for a little while. And I live in New York City. So, um, right. It's a high maintenance thing. You've got to get in an elevator to take your dog somewhere. You got to get in an elevator. Right. We do, we do have a little patio that I'm not afraid to use, you know, late night, early morning. But we, yeah, you have to walk her and, 
it doesn't work that well, I'll say this rule, because uh, yes, every time it's a surprise every time for my goldfish children as they come around the corner, like marshmallow needs to be walked like what? And they every time like, right. yes, you wanted her. You have to walk. I didn't really want to get her. You have to walk her. And it's oh, there's wailing and gnashing of teeth every time. But that is the rule I try to put around that that to offload the dog care. And I think pets, I mean, we talked, we did an episode on pets where I basically screened it against not getting a pet. But I do think like understanding how to interact with animals is important. The responsibility of owning an animal is chock full of good lessons. Karen says no steamrolling the cats. I'm not even sure what a steamroll involves, <laughs> but it doesn't sound good for the cat. And you can't carry the cat around like a sack of potatoes, says Mira. That happens to Marshmallow at our house. Yeah. I mean, one thing I will say for cats, we found our cat she found us. She kind of wandered in off the streets of L.A. And she is like, take no mess cat. I mean, if you mistreat the cat, mm. she will scratch and bite you. And I'm like, guys, don't mistreat the cat. Because the lesson there, I don't have to teach that lesson. You know what I mean? And my son has taken great joy in like befriending the hideous and mean cat. And now he can pick her up and hold her and stuff. And she she won't bite him. But in the beginning, and we had the word was always frisky, like, oh, Avril, that's our cat's name. Avril's feeling frisky. And like she would take a swipe at them just while they were like walking by her up the stairs. And like they were kind of afraid of her. But it's been cute to see my son kind of win her over. But yeah, like Laura Lynn says, don't ride the dog. Like learning how to treat an animal, I think, is an important lesson. But my overall advice would be the lesson is don't get a dog or a cat <laughs> or a cat that scratches it well at least have have rules on the way in that's for sure yeah i mean and rules around the pet again it's a lot of reminding but usually the pet will remind them pretty starkly can we uh talk about this saturday rule i never had a rule about saturday but i really like this one priscilla priscilla says saturday is mom and dad's stress-free day so if we are relaxing and having a good time the family better be too if you're being a sourpuss ruining our saturdays you are not allowed to chill with us until you chill, dude. That's a great rule. I like this. We have a somewhat similar rule. We do Saturday sleep-ins. So Saturday mornings, my husband and I sleep in. And you get yourself some cereal and you occupy yourself until you wake up. And you don't come in unless it's an emergency. Uh, do you remember, this is going to be a total oldie locks alert, back in my day. But do you remember like the Saturday morning experience? Oh, yes. We oh, or the, of like you're up, like you can't wake, you know, your parents are sleeping in and, and it's your time. Like it used to be Saturday morning was with Kid TV. It was your only time of the week and like coming downstairs. And sometimes it was so early it wasn't on yet. And I would sit there and wait for the programming to begin. Ooh, I See, I was always, a, I still am and I always was a late sleeper. So I oh. never had that experience. But yeah, Saturday morning cartoons, you would get like the sugariest cereal you could find and just like sit with the bowl and like then the milk would run out and you'd refill the bowl. And like kids have lost the joy of this because that used to be the only time there right. was actually programming for children. Now it's like you could watch YouTube all day. But we basically have an hour of screens a day rule. And Saturday is a free for all because Saturday it's like if you're up at six, it's, screens go off at nine on Saturdays. So whatever time you're up, screens oh, go off at but nine. But like the kids who's up at six, he's getting three full hours of screens. We always had to change our rules around that because our kids. Yeah. Like if if screens go off at nine and the early 
earlier I get up, the more screens I get. That leads to some very early risers. Yeah. Well, we've lately had to change, and there's a lot of people who have rules around when you're allowed to get up. So screens don't go on until 7 now. You cannot, you're not allowed to turn the TV on until 7. And if we catch you before 7... The corollary needs to be added sometimes. Don't be afraid. Don't um, feel bad when your rule needs a little zhuzhing. Well, you've got to adapt. You've got t- Times change, and you've got to adapt to the changing times. But Laura says she has a uh, do not get out of bed until the okay to wake clock turns green. So like now they have these fancy clocks where it's like the sun and the moon and stuff. Chelsea says no coming out of your rooms before 8 a.m. on the weekends. Her boys are six and eight. That's impressive. It's it, I can't believe it. But yeah, I mean, my kids sleep past nine, nine o'clock now, all three of them. I mean, my my boys will sleep until you wake them, which could be 1130 noon. Right. That seems heavenly to me, although it's got other problems. Then you've got to like drag them out of bed to do something. Sherry has a very simple rule that I love. I might get this on a t-shirt. If you love someone, let them sleep. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. If you love someone, slight oldie lux alert. Back in my day. You guys are like going to get tired of the oldie lux alerts on these episodes. I was maybe never madder at my spouse and like our quarter of a century knowing each other than when we were like at a pool and I had dozed off in the chair. He was with the boys. We, My baby was, she was like six weeks old. I mean, like I was sleeping like 20 minutes at a time, right? And he was with my boys in the pool and I had fallen asleep in the chair by the pool. And I wake up to like my three-year-old tugging on my feet to wake me up. Oh, just cause. I was like volcanically angry. Your husband survived this experience. That's shocking to me. Yes. If you love someone, let them sleep. I will say my husband, after like a couple of explosive volcanic like fights on this subject, has figured out that like there are times if I'm like, I really need to sleep. It's like that means because what would happen again is like he would get busy doing other things. And like then there would be a kid like, mom, can I have a pretzel? And I'm like, where is your father? Like how? Why during my one time to sleep? Is there a kid bothering me? And uh, he my husband did finally catch on that. Like mommy napping means like he needs to like corral the kids like a sheepdog and like never let one out of his sight. Right. Because for some reason they have that instinct of like mom's asleep. I have to put a stop to that. Yeah. This like right. This itchy instinct to like I am not at the center of her concentration right now. I have to like right. Come up with something that she needs to do for me. Yes. Or just like what for whatever reason, it makes you very uncomfortable when mom's asleep. I've got to just got to put it like you said, just tugging on your toe to be like, hey, I noticed you were sleeping. Hey, I still exist. (laughs) Patty says it used to be babies go to sleep before mommies. He's not having that anymore. And it's funny. We're just starting to outgrow this rule. Like it's only in the last like year or two, maybe that I've had evenings where we go to sleep and there's a kid still awake. Yeah, I'm I'm fully in it and I don't feel great about it because they yeah, you're all the way Because again. It. It's like it's 11 o'clock. It's 1130. And like, and they're studying and like, go to bed. And, and it's yeah, it can be hard. And then sometimes I get in bed and think like, oh, I didn't exactly tell him turn the lights out and phone sleep in the kitchen tonight. Yeah, but and, somehow they yeah, figure I hope. it out. Or they don't. They don't get enough sleep. They, they yeah. as a rule, don't. But what are you going to do? Uh, I want to talk about this other category. This is now, now my spoiler alert has arrived. This category, I, and it must be a phrase that people grew up hearing. And I'm going to assume from, I know Amy's a Southerner, Hannah and Jessica. The phrase is, no secrets in our family. Surprises are okay, but secrets are not. 
And three different people said this, surprises are okay, but no secrets. And I'd never heard that phrase before. And I was like, huh, that's an interesting way to me to frame a rule around what you keep to yourself and what you share. Is this specifically to um, sort of protect your kids from sort of stranger danger and like another uh, uh, an ill-meaning adult telling your child that something's a secret? Yeah, I think it helps them like quantify the difference between like a surprise is like I made you something for your birthday and you don't know about it. A secret is someone at school is doing something bad and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you about it. And I will say this is such an interesting thing that I've seen develop already in my kids and I've been kind of surprised by it, which is like even my kid, like she had a funny experience with a person and it wasn't anything really bad, but it was it was funny. It's like she somehow knew that it was something that was not quite right that was going on. I don't want to go into any details about it. So you're just going to have to go with me. And her first instinct was like, I don't think I should tell you about this. That's what she said to me. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I just kind of was trying to very calmly like wheedle it out of her. And of course, I was worried that it was like something terrible. And it was just like she observed something in another kid that she realized was sort of problematic. And I ended up talking to her about it, but it really surprised me that her first instinct was like seeing something that's wrong, that someone's doing something wrong. Her first instinct was, I don't think I should tell you about it. Like it was going to get her in trouble. It was going to get the other kid in trouble. And I was kind of like, Oh, gasp. Like, this is that thing of like, you have to somehow, I think everybody feels like, oh, my kids would tell me anything. And, and kids have some sort of very fundamental reaction to seeing something out of the norm or bad or an adult breaking rules that they kind of have this instinct that like, they're not supposed to tell. Yeah. It's worrisome. Let's talk about that more right after this break. Hey there. I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. 
All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Welcome to the Why Is This News channel from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Bringing you news that's been making you ask, why is this news since the day you had kids? Hey, you guys, make sure you bring your dishes to the sink after dinner. Why do I have to clear the table? Because it's a day that ends in Y, dude. You always have to clear the table. Why is this news? Okay, kids, wrap up on screens. It's time for homework. What? Homework? Why? Yes, homework. Seriously, you have it every night. Why is this news? No walking on the couch. Since when? Since, uh, forever? Since the last 6,000 times I've said it? Why is this news? You have to wear pants to church. Every single time? Yes, every single time. Seriously, why is this news? Why is this news? This concludes today's broadcast from the Why Is This News channel. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. This is a really interesting idea, right? That, that kids keep secrets from us and we have to have rules around it. I mean, it seems, yeah, it seems crazy they won't tell us when something's up. And yet I totally remember that there was like a grade school science teacher who was really creepy and creeped me out and said things to me that were creepy. And the idea that I would tell my parents about it, like non-starter. Of course not. We talk to each other. Let me give you a, an example that is not a true example, but I think it's it's parallel to what I'm talking about. Your kid goes over to another kid's house and one of the parents is drinking very heavily and is obviously intoxicated, you know? And the kid is going to somehow understand that there's something wrong with that. Like that person shouldn't be drinking that much during the day. They're acting funny, blah, 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 blah. I have been surprised that my kid's instinct is not to be like, Mrs. So-and-so was drinking during the day. By the way, this has never happened to my kids. I'm not telling stories on some mom in my town, but I'm just using it as an example. Their instinct is like, how was it? Um... It was okay. And like, you have to, you needle out that something was not right. But like, I feel like I have a very open relationship with my kids. I, I feel like I talk a lot with my kids about things. But I was quite surprised when an example like this came up. And my daughter was like, I'm not sure if I should talk about this. And and then, you know, thankfully, that was an opening to talk about it. And it wasn't anything terrible. But I think surprises are okay. But no secrets is a very interesting way to frame this with your kids. Uh, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, I need, I need to come up with my own catchy rhyming. <laughs> approach to this. You need a catchphrase. Yeah. You have an assignment. <laughs> if it feels weird, no, weird is hard to rhyme. If it feels strange, <laughs> yeah. it might be danger. How about that? I mean, I'm just, I'm spitballing here, Amy. I'm sure you can do better. I think we should lighten it up and talk about privacy and personal space, a very important issue with, with a very easy rule. 
Yeah, everybody had the same rule on this one. Hit us with it, Amy. Uh, Emily says penis time is alone time. Yeah, I mean, so does so does Anne. <laughs> everyone's had this conversation, and it it usually has to do with penises. But like, yeah, like keep your hand out of your pants during church. I'm surprised I have to mm-hmm. say that, but it's important. Or in the living room when people are over, and like you can totally do that in your room. Yeah. Yeah. And, and privacy. And I think that we've all come a long way in terms of like not shaming certain behaviors and not demonizing, you know, touching ourselves and, and, and that kind of stuff. But it's absolutely fine to be like, that's private. And then Rebecca says her rule. I like this. If the other person isn't having fun, you stop. Yeah, that's that's an interesting rule. This applies to rough play, tickling, right? All that stuff. Yeah, just about any kind of games and like a lot of we talked a lot about this with like um or people talked a lot about this on the Facebook page with like gun games or like games any kind of like wrestling games or if the other person isn't playing you're not allowed to attack people in like a war game you have to know that the other person is participating with you and that's a good rule for life sure and this is something that i think in terms of house rules like I found this thinking about this topic this week before we recorded that like one of the ways to reinforce house rules is to reinforce good behavior. And I find with my boys, especially like, hey, I really like the way you guys are playing together and and finding ways to reinforce these rules like, oh, you you're being so gentle with her. Great job, you know, versus always having it be like, stop trying to murder your sister. Shy says that if someone says no, it means no. I mean, that's she's using a uh, rule we've all heard and bringing it into a different context. And I think that's a very simple, easy way to put this. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids, especially they have a little trouble with like private space and like, you know, I've seen it in my kids. I have one kid, especially like he gets worked up and he kind of goes nuts. And one of the rules that we come back to all the time in my house, I must say this 30 times a month, Dr. Seuss quote, it's fun to have fun, but you've got to know how, because often I'll like cut it out. It's like, we're having fun. It's like, yes, it's fun to have fun, but we've got to know how, like when you get yourself worked up and having fun, it starts being less fun for other people. It starts being invasive, too loud, annoying, whatever it starts to be like, it's fine to have fun, but there are rules around everything and you cannot go crazy. And having fun is not a good excuse for any behavior. Teresa says she has a rule when other kids are over at their house, doors open and nobody on the beds. And this isn't just for sort of propriety reasons. It sounds like she's like, my kids share a room. They have to share everything. Their bed is their space. Like siblings don't go on the beds either. Your bed is just for you. That's an interesting rule. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And I think that some... Somebody was telling us somewhere on Facebook, like, oh, we just took the doors right off the hinges. You know, like (laughs) I do think closed doors and it's this is an interesting thing. Like I am starting to see as my kid enters middle school that like and this is something people say all the time and I find it somewhat annoying, like the whole like little people, little problems, big people, big problems. But straining the rules as a 10 year old becomes much more problematic when that kid is 16. Like, Mm -hmm. you want to keep reinforcing these rules. And my mom's rule, which I will go back to, is like you keep the boundaries tighter than you actually want the kid to behave. The kid will go outside your boundaries. But if you have a 10-year-old who's spending a lot of time like locked in their room doing stuff that you don't know about, that may be a little problem at 10. And at 16, that's going to be a big problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. 
the good reason to like keep going back again and again to the same house rules is like you want to get this stuff under control when your kids are eight, nine, ten, because it's a boundary pushing. Like right now we're dealing with language at our house, cursing, basically. And we have a zero tolerance for cursing rule at the house. And we often get a group of kids over here and like everybody's cursing. My kids get into it. And we've just been like, we're starting a no cursing policy. If you curse at my house, I'm sending you home. I'm calling your mom and sending you home. And they're 10 and 11, you know, but my kids, you know, and they're not innocent in it. But I just find that, again, it's boundaries. Like if you start going along with whatever kid is pushing the behavior, like that's that's not terrible at 10 because it means you're saying like a fairly mild curse word. But I already see 16 in my front view mirror. Yeah. And I feel like coming down hard on this stuff at 10, you know, you gotta, you gotta start laying down some track because they're heading for 16 pretty fast. Right. And once the line is crossed, I mean, with, with older teenagers, I, you know, now we're sort of like, if I'm in the other room and I hear you curse at the Xbox, I'm probably going to let that slide, but you may not ever curse in conversation with me or at me or when that's that's right. sort of the line I'm holding right now. But yeah, it starts to move a little bit. But the line is that's that's exactly my point is that the line, it's going to get a little wider. But if you start really wide, you've got nowhere to go. So like, I feel like at my at my kid's age, I'm like really strict and really tight. And like, yes, they're going to curse. They're going to say curse words during their lifetime. But I don't tolerate it at the house. And therefore, like, they think they're super rebellious if they're sitting around a playground with their friends and they say, like, a curse word. It is, it is good for kids, I think, to learn the lesson of, I mean, there's going to be places and spaces in their life where using um, bad language would be a very bad idea. And so it's important to learn how to... <laughs> learn how to exercise that skill now and use language differently. And I think it's a general feeling of like respect that is kind of central. I don't really care about cursing, but it's a general principle of respect that is going to fade into other areas of life, you know? Like following our rules is part of being part of our family and like cursing doesn't really matter to me, but a lot of other things are going to matter to me. And cursing is one of the ways we just enforce the overall rule of like you act respectfully in this house. I'm going to give another respect in this house rule that I can really get behind Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer's rule is you must wear clothes or at least underwear to the dinner table. (laughs) I mean... That's solid. But again, that's like a four-year-old rule. And the 10-year-old version of that is cursing. And the 16-year-old version of that is vaping. You know what I mean? Like, I do think these things are all related. The the teenager version. Show some respect in this house. The teenager rule of this version is my friend Alice, whose rule is you cannot be shirtless in the picture we're taking for the Christmas card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That seems like a good one. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And and Brittany, Brittany has a, a rhyming version of this. Oh, you love, love the rhymes. Rhyme. No pants, no dance. She says, you can't help me cook if you're in your underwear. Ah, <laughs> no solid, pants, no dance. Solid. I got to go straight to Hester, who is my kind of mom. No bloodshed before my first cup of coffee. I have often reiterated that the rule of my house is if you want to murder <laughs> each other, go outside. Sometimes you just got to lay it down. Like, listen, nobody bleeds before I've had my coffee. And this this carries us into our very lengthy section, which I think is fundamental to everybody's house rules, which is like people talking about how to generally be respectful in the home. Yeah. Some of them are simple. I mean, Laura says, be a human, don't do stupid things. Not a bad rule. 
Yeah. It's got maybe some subcategories. I like Anna who says, don't fight on mom. <laughs> that's a, that she's, I have a feeling she's got boys. Yeah. That's a bright line that I think would be important to, to hold. Oh yeah. I, I've often found myself saying to my boys, like if I get caught in the crossfire of this nonsense, everyone's going to regret their life choices. I like uh, Kim's rule. Crying gets you nothing, especially at the store. Oh, such a good rule. Right? It can be hard to keep this rule because sometimes you're just like, oh my God, if you would just be quiet, everything would be happy. But it's one of those things like you give in a couple of times on this. My, my rule is crying sends you upstairs or crying brings you home. And like, listen, people are allowed to cry, but whining, tantruming, crying right. ends the fun. Right. Because it, it, it's ended the fun for you. So it ends the fun for everybody. Yeah, somebody was asking me about like a little kid toddler, like hitting them or biting, you know, and I always say like biting or hitting shuts down the mom machine. Like if you're having fun with a baby and then they hit you like you blank face, you go. It's like they shut off the mom robot because they start to realize like fun stops when I do when I hit or bite. And I think crying now is the new version of that in my house. Like crying and whining is like we're leaving the park the minute it starts. Don't do it. It shuts down the fun machine. Jane, this is a really good sort of uh, universal one. Take care of everyone smaller than you. It's a good sort of. I think it's really good for big kids, right? Like you're 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 supposed you're supposed to take care of them. You're not supposed to be the architect of their anguish. Another thing I find myself saying a lot is sometimes we do what you want to do, and sometimes we do what someone else wants to do. It's like family. Mm-hmm. That's the whole nature of being in a family. Because I have one kid especially who's like my justice warrior. And it's like, well, I want. And I'm like, listen, that was your time. When we went and saw the Avengers, that was your time. Now it's your sister's time. And we're going to go to the pool because that's what she wants to do. Like sometimes it's someone else's turn. Mira says, no prioritizing your enjoyment over everyone else's. This is the same rule, basically. And I I try to say like, hey, sometimes we're going to prioritize your enjoyment. But then sometimes it's someone else's turn. Oh, this is this is a good one from Wen May. I know her. We were camp counselors together a bajillion years ago. Oh, this is such a good one. No asking for permission to do something in front of friends. We call this permission hijacking. Yes. If they ask in front of friends, which is usually accompanied by their friends whining, please or don't be mean. The answer is automatically no. This is a very good one. Yeah, it's, it's permission hijacking. To say, can Emily sleep over? Like while Emily's standing there. It's, it's, yeah, that's a good one. Right, right. And every kid tries this one. They're no dummies. There was a, another version of this too. Kim says that you are allowed to argue with the parent's decision once. You can not even argue. She says you may plead your case once. And if the answer is still no, then it's no forever. And don't plead twice. Oh, have I been having this one with my guy? Like, but it's just like the arguing back and forth. And it's like the correct answer yeah. is like, yes, mother. <laughs> Not, but, ha, da, 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 da. and now he's like, yes, mother, like staring daggers at me. Um, I think we could do house rules for like 17 mm-hmm. hours, but we're not going to. But we got so many good ones. I want to finish on one that I think sums up a lot around raising kids in general. Mira says, you can be mad, but you can't be rude. And this is like a rule. It's such a touchdown. It's something my mother who worked in counseling used to say all the time. 
feelings versus behavior. Like you're allowed to feel the feelings, but your behavior must be acceptable. And this is, oh my gosh, with my like tweeny kids now, this is what we talk about all the time. It's fine to be mad. It's fine to be so frustrated, but you cannot act like a maniac. And you cannot, I mean, we are kind of out of the hitting phase, I will say, but like you can't scream and yell in someone's face, but I was really mad. It is fine to be mad. Like constantly revisiting the idea of your feelings versus your behavior and making those distinctions all the time. You can feel any way you want. You can express your feelings, but you are not allowed to behave in a way that is outside our house rules. I'm going to take Brooke's rule on this and apply it in my own house. She says, when you're mad, you can only throw balls. (laughs) It's another way of saying the same thing. Well, we have really just like, we've just been on the verge with like, my guy who's getting real hormonal and like, you know, it is hard. He gets so mad. I can see him like his anger and like he gets so frustrated. And I really have been like, I have to put a pillow somewhere or something that he can like punch or kick or get those feelings out of his body because it's fine to have those feelings, but we have to behave acceptably. And so like, here's an option. You can go take this pillow and hit this wall with it 400 times till you tire yourself out, but you cannot put your face an inch from your sister's face and scream mm-hmm. at her for breaking something that you made. Like that's, that's house rules. Like you, whatever your feeling is, the behavior doesn't change. It's don't be a jerk. Beth says that's the ultimate house rule. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> she says by jerk. I mean, another word that I didn't say, thank you for that. This is a uh, clean podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is a clean podcast. But many people did say the other word. Don't be a blank is the overwhelming house rule. I think we solved it. Don't be a blank. We definitely solved it. You guys solved it. You solved it by coming to our Facebook page, which is what we want you to keep doing. We're at facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast. And there's a group there where we have great conversations. We're also on Instagram at what fresh hellcast. And we're on Twitter at WFH podcast. And you can always find us online at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Guys, thanks so much for all these great rules. And we look forward to talking to you next time. So long. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. 
I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 